What's up, everybody? How's it going? How's it going? Thank you guys for listening and making us part of your day. The Leader Huddle is back, and we're, we're going to switch it up a little bit today. We're going to do something a little bit different where we don't have um, a special guest on. We just have little old me and little, little old Gaby, baby. <laughs> little old Gaby, baby. Little Gaby, baby. Little Ryan. And... Um, Today we're going to be we're going to be talking about some relevant leadership discussion topics mm. and um, how they relate to us in um, 2021. That's right. And uh, and leadership it, in the church, yes. leadership in just in general, and and um, kind of the overall picture. Just so you know, before you just skip this episode because you thought you're going to hear a guest speaker today. <laughs> well, yeah, they might. <laughs> But kind of the, the premise is essentially this, if we could just put it in a nutshell, is that the world around us is changing, people are changing, organizations are changing, churches are changing, hopefully not the truth. Adapting. Adapting, there you go, adapting. Uh, so the question is, does leadership principle change? Does the way we lead change? And so we have a few um, topics we're going to talk about. All right, so here's the foundation of our episode, just to get a little bit deeper into this today before we go into these topics. Make it plain, Rev. Make it plain. Make it plain. Here it is. Okay, as we said, the world that we live in is constantly changing on Mm -hmm. every level, right? Absolutely. Um, I have seen, especially during this COVID pandemic, a shift in the way the world operates. Um, You know, people have had to become flexible. There's been a change in the way that businesses function and operate. We see this whole geopolitical climate and uh, you know, this, if, if nothing else, I'd say that COVID and this last year and a half of the way everything has shifted has catapulted society into uh, understanding the necessity, the necessity for flexibility. Sure. And so um, we see, I would say we see a shift even in our churches as well. I know in my church, I've seen, um, we, we've really had to adapt. I like that word adapt the mm-hmm. way that we do things. I'm sure you have at Hope Center too. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, there's some staggering statistics and I don't want to get deep into that, but, um, from just some of the research that I did, most of the churches that I will say have survived the pandemic, um, they've adapted some of their methods. The technology is a huge one, right? Yep. Live streaming. Um, I, I heard of this thing, I even, I even have met some people and it's kind of sad, um, who are now quote online members. Mm. Have you heard of that yet? I, vaguely. Yeah. Vaguely. So, I, so my question like, is, do they have to tithe more since they don't, hey. you know, since they don't spend the <laughs> gas money and, and to come, right? all the way down to the church house, <laughs> the church, you gotta, you gotta tithe a little bit extra. No, I'm just kidding. No, but it's a really interesting concept. Like I, I was talking to somebody who went to church, his church church shut down during the pandemic and in, in person and now they're reopened and he's like yeah we go to the online congregation i'm like what is that well yeah we watch it online you know we're still in active members of the church so mm-hmm. i don't know how that works but um it probably doesn't yeah i don't think it does but yeah. it's it's it is a i think what we've seen in our churches is we've had to adapt um and get creative about motivating people sure. to stay engaged during a time like this. Mm-hmm. Um, also, this is kind of interesting and it's going to kind of tie in today as we talk about shift in culture. And that is that uh, Gen Z has the largest population right now in the world. So there's 
the baby boomers. There's uh, that's what you are, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, in, in my heart and soul, yes. Yeah, I'm we, an old man. that we know. <laughs> <laughs> there's the baby boomers. There's you know millennials, whatever. So Gen Z is basically anyone that was born uh, in two thousand in the two thousands and up. And they have the largest population, 86 million in the United States right now, Gen Zers. Okay, wow. So this this is a lot the of lo- it's a lot of people. It's a lot of people in the workforce, a lot of people in college, and it's a lot of people in our churches as well. And so we kind of see this shift, I think, in this in our culture and even generational expectations of how the world is supposed to operate. I mean, um, our, our pastor was talking about this the other day. You know, he said. We haven't changed the message, um, but we have changed our approach to how we preach it because this generation responds. They don't. Not all of them respond to hellfire and brimstone and yeah, live right or go go to hell. They want. They have questions. They want to know why. So my point is, um, we see churches and businesses like having to adapt, modify our approaches to reach this younger generation. So I think we can say with certainty that on every level. Business-wise, you know, the world we live in, even our churches, there's a shift in the way things work in the world. So, Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so so here's the foundation for today's episode. Some would argue that uh, the situational context is constantly changing, right? But the question is, does the content of leadership shift as well? Does leadership mm. principle change when the context changes, as we're seeing in the world, like what we're talking about. So that's kind of the foundation. The world is changing. People are changing. Churches are changing. Does leadership and the principles of leadership change? Let's jump in. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Leader Huddle podcast with Gabe and Ryan. This is where we talk about leadership, life, and God. I'm Gabe. And I'm Ryan. Thank you guys so much for making us part of your day. This is the Leader Huddle podcast. So the first principle we want to jump right into, okay? And uh, we didn't make these principles up. These are principles that already exist. And we did uh, go to a website to get some of this information in terms of a foundation for the the leadership principles. But I think we would all agree that these are legitimate principles. So the first one is this. Credibility is the foundation of leadership. You have to believe in you. That's important. But others have to believe in you as well. They have to be willing to follow you. So what does it take to be credible. So Ryan, I'm going to let you kick it off. Credibility is a foundation of leadership. Sure. Um, man, the, the, the first thing that comes to mind when, when someone mentions credibility is, is a man of their word. Mm. And, um, in the leader context, um, 
I can tell you many instances where I have been, um, when my, when, when a leader, even as simple of a subject or a topic as, all right, I'm going to, we're going to get out of here at three o'clock today. I'm going to make sure you, you do this for me, work hard for me between this time and this time. Yeah. I'm going to let you off a, maybe a half hour early. Take care yeah. of you. Enjoy your weekend. Yeah. Pat you on the back and three o'clock comes around and it's like, oh man, there's, there's yeah. always something. Yeah. There's always something. And I get it. Stuff pops up, but credibility in, Hey, um, do this and you'll receive that. And, mm-hmm. and just being a man of your word or being a leader of your mm-hmm. word. That's one of the first thing that comes to my mind. And, um, and, and people remember things, whether mm-hmm. it's a big deal or just a small deal, you get bit by half hour because that's right. Um, and I think that that forms, um, a, a relationship with, with them and like, man, you know, I really need you to do this for me. Is there any way you can help me out? And they they may not even have to dangle the carrot in front of you mm-hmm. this time. That's right. You're like, you know what? He's always looking out for me because I got he's you. credible. Yeah. Because they're credible. They're a man of their word. They're, they're going to look out or a woman. For me. Yep. Or exactly. women followers. Yes. A person um, of their word, a leader of, of their, their word. word. There you go. Um, but I, yeah, I, that is, I think that, that is, that is so true. Um, you know, I, I, Grew up in North Carolina. I know you uh, have roots in the South and, and um, kind of that Southern. How'd you know that, Billy? <laughs> uh, that Southern culture. Um, and that, I think honesty and being credible is not necessarily tied to a culture. But I will say this. Where I come from, there was such thing as a handshake in your word. Yeah. Um, I remember uh, when my grandfather passed away and uh, we were there in West Virginia and arranging his funeral. My uncle, he was in charge of the funeral um, arrangements with the people there. And we were coming up with the money uh, to pay for the funeral. And I was sitting there, I was sitting there in the room and he told the funeral home director, it was going to be so much money. And he says, well, I'll pay you half today. He goes, and I'll bring the other half on Monday. And he goes, I'm a man of my word. And he held out his hand and the other guy shook his hand. And it was it. It was done. There was no paperwork. There no was no contracts. contract. There was nothing. And I remember because I was already living. No collateral. Ca- no, exactly. And I remember thinking, dude, like that is that is so neat because that would not fly in California. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it'd be like my attorneys this. will be calling yours. Yeah. Sign this agreement. Sign this disclosure. Leave your Tesla. <laughs> exactly. Leave your Tesla card here. Exactly. But <laughs> you know, being being uh, a man of your word or a woman of your word, a leader of your word is so so important, and it's. It, sometimes it seems like it's a dying art because you know there's there's people that come to mind, uh, especially when we start. I don't want to get into politics, but I mean, it doesn't seem like a lot of people on the main stage or people of their word or 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 value that anymore. But I think it's really important. So in the church context, and uh, as we see, you know, things shifting and changing and adaptations to how we have church. Um, how is credibility um, impacted by that? Or how should a church leader maintain credibility with his followers, with his team? Let me give you some context. For instance, um, the pastor or the leader says, okay, we're going to uh, be preparing. I'll give you a great example. Our pastor's day was supposed to be two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I told my music team, okay, we're practicing these four songs. We're getting ready. These are the dates that we're practicing. And then, um, for unforeseen circumstances, that service gets canceled or re- the pastor's day events gets postponed because a bunch of people sure. get sick. 
So then I come back and I say, well, now we're not having this event on this time and these practices are canceled and we're going to move this song. And some people, can be, oh, man, you know, I was getting ready for that. I was practicing for that. And you said it was going to be on this day. I made right. my plans for this and that. And it's like, well, wait a minute. You know, it's not that I'm not trying to be a man of my word. Right. But you have to, like we said, adapt, be flexible. So that, there, there's some so, context for you. Yeah. So definitely um, as a follower and we're all followers that's right as as well as leaders um as a follower you have to one thing we can do is is put ourselves in in the shoes mm. of your leader that's good and if if pastor's day gets canceled and it's to n- literally no one's fault then try and put yourself in their shoes exactly and w- what what do you want them to do mm-hmm. you know there, there's there's nothing else to be done so how does that affect church credibility i think regardless of what the situation is, everything has to be taken with a grain of salt, mm-hmm. meaning like you can't just, it's not always cut and dry. That's right. You know, pre COVID, none of this stuff existed. Yeah, that's true. Like we, 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 we went from planning 12 months out in that's advance right. and well, this is going to be this weekend for sure. Marriage retreat is this weekend. Yep. Youth retreat is that weekend. And then after that, our COVID came around Bro, we didn't know if we were having service next Sunday. Yeah. Much less what 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 was happening sixty days down the road. There yeah. was there was just no. Yeah. So there has to be um, some sort of flexible mm-hmm. um, work with not only the leader. The leader has to understand that, but the follower mm-hmm. too. And so there's even a level of commitment that that both have to have as a leader. I have to be committed to my team to sure. be forthright. And to, uh, you know, keep them in the loop and apprised as to what's going on. But as a follower, I have to have that level of trust and commitment to my leader to understand that that true leadership knows is going to have to be flexible and navigate uh, times of uncertainty. And that doesn't necessarily make that person uh, not credible. Absolutely. Um. So the second one is value drives commitment. People definitely want to know what you stand for and mm-hmm. exactly what all you believe in. And that relationship or knowing what your values are can make your, your relationship even stronger in, in terms mm-hmm. of flexibility and um, growing. Yeah, no, I think uh, that's, that's super important. Um, I remember um, the, one of the first real corporate jobs that I had uh, was working for uh, a logistics company and my very first day on the job I walked in the door um, I saw the signage you know I, I knew what the company's name was um, I saw uh, you know pictures on the walls posters things like that I saw the people I saw I could pick up on the the culture pretty quick I could pick up on the environment the the people that were there pretty quickly um, and all of that was great but on the first day that I was there, they introduced us to the company's core values. Mm. And um, something that I kind of took away from that is culture, um, people, the environment, all of those things are intrinsic. They're things that, um, you know, almost can happen and form naturally, but values have to be stated and values have to be clarified sure. in order to give people a clear understanding of, of the vision of, of your leadership. And any good, any good leader knows that. 
um, you know, maybe, and, and, and even like in church leadership and my music team every year, once a year, we have a, we call it our annual orientation, even for the people that have been in the team. And we go over our vision and we go over the values because if you don't know what, as a follower, if I don't understand the values of the leader and what they're, what's important to them, what they're aiming for, um, what, what type of leader they are and, and what they stand for and they believe in, then how can I align myself yeah. with that person? You can't be a good aide if you don't know what your expectations are. That's like, um, you know, I didn't go to a lot of college, but uh, gave you baby here. <laughs> Surely did. <laughs> but every year, I, I do remember this. Every, the first class that you ever go to, you get your syllabus. You get your, That's right. where you're going yep. and what is it's going to be highlighted mm-hmm. what, what exactly, um, why you're doing this. And then you're going to have a paper due on this. Mm-hmm. So you have a syllabus. Um, whenever I was in the army, the, um, we had to memorize the soldier's creed and, mm. and, um, quote it the, right now. Nah, that's not happening. <laughs> I'm, I'm retired, brother. You're retired. Okay. In okay. season and out of season. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, but we, we got the, um, there, they laid out the army values and in basic training, this was push, 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 yeah. push because they knew that if they could get us to adapt, or excuse me, um, adopt these um, these values mm-hmm. in in the earliest stages of us being a soldier, then there was a chance that it would carry mm-hmm. us for the rest of our army career. And those being loyalty, um, and you know, I'm not going to go through all of them, but sure. they 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 knew what they were doing. They were giving us the syllabus mm-hmm. for for the course, so mm-hmm. to speak, at hand. So would you? So I I I feel like we both could agree that this principle of leadership um again though our methods may change that this principle doesn't change value values truly does drive commitment if we want people to be committed to our churches they have to know what the the value sure the values of the church are if you if you want your uh, ministry team to be committed to the ministry they have to know the values that that leader has and, and their personal values have to align with that. It's the same thing in the corporate world. So I think that's important. Let's go to the third one. Um, the third principle is that the greatest leaders are the greatest learners. Mm, Yeah. The greatest leaders are the greatest learners. Makes sense. I mean, that's a wrap. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for joining. (laughs) No, no, no. It definitely makes sense because you know, they had to learn how to lead mm. at one point and they learned to lead, um, by, um, seeing someone else do it. And, you mm-hmm. know, they keep the meat and throw away the bones yeah. from, from each person that, yeah. they, that they came across. With. Yeah. You have to believe that you or others can learn to lead. There's this, um, there's this common debated topic in the, out there and about leadership some people are of the belief in the mindset that a leader is born, you know, Oh, well, he's just born that way. You know, he's a natural people person. He's a natural talker. You know, he's, he's, you know, like you, you know, you just can sit, talk to people and have that comfort and yeah, be like, Hey everybody, my name is Ryan, you know? <laughs> uh, but no, for real, like just natural people, people. And so you think, Oh, because he's natural at talking, he's not shy. He's not introverted. Then he's a natural leader. But bro, I've seen so many extroverted people that are horrible leaders. Yeah. And so I'm of the camp and the belief that leadership is learned. Yeah. Principles of leadership is learned. And um, you can learn leadership in more than one way. You can, 
like you said, you have, you learn from being led by other people. Mm -hmm. So you pick up things from them. Uh, but you can also be taught principles of leadership, whether you have a mentor, whether you study, you know, you do research, you, you, you know, listen to stuff like this. Uh, but there's also another way that you can learn. And, and the third way, and this is kind of interesting, I think is, um, sometimes we pick up things from people, uh, without realizing that we do. Oh yeah. You know, subconsciously, subconscious, uh, just like you're around these people or you've been impacted by, you know, their leadership and they didn't necessarily say, Hey, I'm going to show you how to do this. But you know, you pick up, you know, certain habits, certain traits, certain mannerisms, things like that, or even mentalities. And so what I, what I think, what I believe is that every leader should always be learning. Absolutely. Doesn't matter how seasoned you are. doesn't matter. Uh, well, you know, I've been, I've been this ministry director for 12 years. I mean, praise God, but for, well, I have a lot of questions actually. Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you've been a ministry director, the same ministry for 12 years, where's the leaders under you? That's a whole nother podcast. Yeah, that's uh but okay. I've been in leadership. Let's go there for 12 years. You know, I've been uh, a pastor for this long. I've been this, that, and the other. Those things are great, but are you still learning? Are you still developing? Yeah. And w- one thing to, to tag in on that is is learning absolutely takes time. And it takes you to whatever you're learning, whether you're learning to be a leader, learning Spanish, learning to play the piano, mm-hmm. like Gabe, whatever you're learning is you have to be intentional about that. Yes. And whether you've been in that ministry for one year or 12 years, like you mm-hmm. said, it, it, it's going to take a level of, uh, to be intentional. Bishop, uh, Wilmoth recently was, was teaching on a Wednesday night and man, he just, he shucks the corn on Wednesday nights, bro. Yeah. He just, he shreds. It's amazing. I love Bishop Wilmoth. Yeah. Shout he's out. awesome. But he said that, um, that little phrase of, so I can't take, I can't even take credit for it of, you know, living for God and growing in the word. It, you have to be intentional with that. Mm. It, your, your flesh and your, your physical man, That's um, good. It, it's not going to do it. You could have the best of intentions, but it's not going to do it by itself. Mm-hmm. You have to be intentional daily, weekly, monthly, and yearly yes, you do. about it, top to bottom. And that's the same thing with, with leadership. If you're going to be a great leader you, and you're going you're gonna to learn what, whatever the, the topic is, you ha- really do have to be intentional about it. Absolutely. Every day. Because we we get weak and and make mistakes. Yeah. And you said short. you said something that just made me think. You know, you, you mentioned about the music, um, and then you're saying right now we have to be intentional, right? So, learning it takes time, it takes attention, it takes practice, and it takes feedback, right? Mm-hmm. And I started thinking when you were talking about that, I started thinking about this. Um, I've seen people. I've seen two types of people that learn. Learn. I'm putting a. I know you can't see it because there ain't a camera. But I'm putting two, uh, I've seen people that learn, I'm putting quotations there, how to play an instrument and then people that do truly learn. And mm-hmm. what I mean by this is two kinds of learners. There's those guys that maybe take a lesson here or there, surf YouTube, you know, stand behind the keyboardist or the drummer after church and watch. And I mean, that's all cool. That's all great. You pick up a few things here and there. Sure. But they don't ever take time to go back and practice and perfect it. And so when they play it's sloppy. Yeah. It's, it's unclean. It's like, you know, they kind of know what they're doing. They kind of know that chord. They kind of know how to play that feel. Those, those guys, yeah, they could probably play in a service. They could play in a band, but they're never going to be 
top performer and i don't yeah. mean performance like don't get spiritual i, mean, I don't mean like yeah you know church perform i just mean they're they're gonna be their their the quality and the excellence of their craft of their yeah. musicianship is not going to be where it's supposed to be but then on the flip hand of that you got the guys that like my brother caleb you know he's all right <laughs> yeah. he's all right yeah, that's the biggest understatement of the year <laughs> dude is a beast okay when caleb got his bass he didn't know anything he literally my parents have a video where he just like plucked one string and he was just like didn't know what to do with it that kid spent four to six hours a day playing that instrument he'd get out of school and that would be all he would do until he went to bed and then he'd wake up early before school and play it go to school get out of school play the, i mean there was one point i remember i got so sick of hearing him play the <laughs> bass and he would always play this if he's listening he'd always play this um this little lick it was like and i'm like and i remember one time i finally said caleb stop stop playing that play something else and he's like but i like it you know <laughs> but dude he dedicated himself to that instrument he practiced he gave it time attention and he got feedback and coaching from from people that were helping him learn it's the same thing in leadership yeah if you want to just be a an okay leader you know oh yeah yeah he's a, he's a good leader you know he shows up he's on time he you know, all he does is a little bit here and there. Like sounds like a boss. Yeah. Ooh, Not that's good. Supervisor. Yeah. You can you just be a, be a supervisor. supervisor, dude. That's good. Yeah. So there, there's, there's the kind of people, and whatever, whatever the the aspect of life we're talking about that do just enough to get by, mm. and the people that learn it the right way. That's right. And they learn it the right way, and they 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 take themselves and their department um, to the next to level. the next level, yeah. and to infinity and beyond. <laughs> beyond. That takes us to our fourth point. Yeah, it does. You cannot lead alone. Mm -hmm. I don't care how good you are, Gabe, mm -hmm. Gaby baby, mm -hmm. individually. You <laughs> cannot lead that department right. by yourself. You cannot lead it without the help of others, without mm -hmm. training other good leaders and relying on them to help you. That's so true. No, no leader ever got anything extraordinary done without the talent and the support of others, no That's matter so how good we are on our own. Leadership is definitely a team sport. We rely on on our followers underneath us because mm -hmm. no matter how good I am at, at leading my department, I can't execute it. Yep. I, I cannot do it all. I don't, there's not enough time in the day for it. Yeah, you said you said sport. Now you're you're a ball player way more than I am. I've been known to yeah. to get a few buckets. Yeah, I saw that video on Instagram where you were like, was it half court? Yeah, I was half court. Dude, man. if I did that, yeah. like. I'd knock out someone in the stands or something. You, <laughs> it wouldn't even go nowhere near the hoop. If you made it, if you made no, it. No, I wouldn't even get to. I wouldn't. I don't even think I I'll could throw that far. The rapture would come. Yeah. Well, <laughs> hello. Come on, let's go hoop. Let's go. Y'all get ready tonight at three. <laughs> Here's your warning. Uh, uh, but but okay. So you're talking about sport. Or you said sure. leader. You said leadership is a team sport, and it just made me think. Um, there's those guys on the basketball court, and again, I don't play, but I've seen it, or I've played. But I thought I'm, you were gonna say the basketball field. I'm not that bad, okay. Okay. But the, uh, they make touchdowns, right? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you should have seen Ryan's face. <laughs> okay, let's get let's get it on track here. So yeah. there's those guys that what do you what do you call them? Like a ball hog? Like they yeah. hog the ball, mm -hmm. and um, they have a whole team on the court with them, 
but they think they're so good and better than everybody else. They don't learn how to, or they don't want to play with the team. Yeah, I can do it myself. Yeah. I can do it myself. And it's usually to the detriment of the team. Talk about yes. that. Yes. No, no, no. It absolutely is. And, and basketball, um, and basketball sense, that is the absolute worst teammate to have because they, they're, while they may be more skilled than everybody else and they mm-hmm. may have the physical attributes that I certainly don't have or the rest of the team, they, they just, uh, on paper, they, yeah. they've got it. They, like, they are it. They can yeah. score better than anybody else. But basketball and leadership, is, it really is a team sport. It, it, in basketball, Oscar, one of our previous yeah. guests, he talked about vision mm-hmm. and how vision um, separates. That's the type of teammate you want to play with. And shameless plug, that's, that's the thing that I'm the best at is the vision is passing <laughs> is a passing. I'm not really much of a score. I mean, you've seen the half court shot and that was I, amazing. I can shoot the ball pretty well, mm-hmm. but I'm not known for being a score. I'm known for, for setting people up to, and, and getting them in a position to score, being an assist man. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I do playing basketball. So in, in, um, if we're looking at this metaphorically and we're talking yes. about leadership, you could almost say you can be a leader and be the person that sets other people up absolutely yeah it's not i know that's it almost sounds counter you're working yourself out of a job yeah you're training the next one underneath you so that way and if they catch the same vision that you shared they can pass it to the one underneath them Mm -hmm. and you're literally working yourself out of job but what you're doing is you're making the team stronger not just Mm -hmm. well i can do this so i know how to do it and and tying this back into the first point that gives you credibility. Yes, absolutely. Like, oh man, dude, I, there's there's been leaders that I've served with and under, um, and both some names. I'm just kidding. Uh, no, no, <laughs> no name drops. But there's been no. But these are these are good things. There's been p- leaders that I've served with, bro. That um, I will, I I will bend over backwards for them, or I will you know follow them to the moon, if you will, or Mars, wherever, um, simply because. That's the type of leader that they are. Mm-hmm. They set people up. They propel people. They launch people. They don't care about the glory, the the fame, yeah. the name. They they really care about their team. Mm-hmm. And let me just say this too about about leading a team. Um, as a leader, you have to know your team. Oh, you, KYP. Yeah, you, know your personnel. Know your personnel. You have to know your personnel yeah your people because um i've also seen great leaders who had great potential that didn't take the time to invest in their team and know their team build a relationship with their team and they can never really connect with with their team or their team is not as efficient or proven as they could be simply because there's not that that connection within the team you know what i mean so i think that's important as well so in the context of our shifting world, things are changing. Churches, you know, are adapting. Would you say that this leadership principle still remains true? It has to, yeah. No matter what goes on and as far as things um, where you have to be flexible and the crazy world that we're living in, this is not one of those things that you have to be flexible on. You cannot, you cannot carry the team by yourself. You cannot can, be a ball hog. And, and let's just get spiritual just for a minute. Go right ahead. Get the organ ready. Come on. I, I hear I can already hear it yeah. now. You guys hear that? There it is. Okay. Jesus Christ, God Almighty, robed in flesh, manifested in flesh. Mm-hmm. He chose 
to have three and a half years of ministry with a team of 12. Mm-hmm. Mm. He could have done it by himself. I mean, he, he's, he's, he's the only one that could have. He's the only one who could have done it. But him and his squad of angels. That's right. But even, even at that, bro, he developed a team underneath him who, by the way, he launched to continue to carry out the gospel and his vision, his mission after he left. So if Jesus needed a team, there you go. Come on. Cue that praise Cue break. The praise break. Let's go. If Jesus needed a team, <laughs> you need a team. All right. This takes us to the last one we're going to talk about today. And um, we've already kind of used this word a couple of times, but we want to talk about it. A leader must be focused on the future. They must have the future in mind or um, they must have vision. Vision Mm. is key. The capacity to imagine and articulate an exciting future of possibilities is a defining competence of leaders. What do you think? No, that you hit the nail on the head right there. My goodness. If, if there's no vision, then it's like driving down the road. If you Mm. only look right in front of you and you're not looking two, three, four, five length car lanes mm-hmm. ahead of you, you're going to miss it. You're mm-hmm. going to miss it. There's never going to be enough time to react. You have to be scanning on the short term as well as the long term. And as mm-hmm. a leader, we have to do the same thing. You cannot just focus in just on the long term or you're going to smack into that car right in front of you. Mm-hmm. But if you just focus on the short term right in front of you, you're going to miss your exit. You're mm-hmm. going gonna to be stuck in the wrong lane the whole time and wonder why, man, I never made it to my destination. What did I do wrong? Mm-hmm. I was paying attention you were focused on the wrong things. You were Ooh. focused on too short-term or too long-term. You got to focus on the here and the next. Mm. Uh, you made me think that I like that analogy about driving. Um, we could take it a step further and say that maybe the COVID season has kind of been like driving in the fog, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've ever driven in heavy fog, but like up times. in the Bay Area. Uh, I remember one time I was driving up north to Merced to visit my in-laws and oh my gosh man uh once we got through uh, uh the grape the grapevine pass there and past bakersfield yeah dude it was cold and it was foggy and it was crazy because uh something i didn't know and i had to kind of learn uh that was my first time driving in fog like that is turning on the high beams is the worst thing you can oh, do yeah. in fog yeah you know, it's, it almost it almost doesn't make sense because you would think, well, no, the high beams that's the it illuminates the most, it gives you the most light. But if you've ever driven in fog, you put on those high beams, it actually makes the fog even worse. So that's why your car is equipped with these lights called fog lights. Mm-hmm. And so what the fog lights do is when you turn them on, they don't illuminate everything in front of the car or up high the high beams, but they actually illuminate the darker part of the road towards the bottom of the road where, yeah. where, you, where you can't naturally see. So taking that in a metaphorical context, some could argue that this season of COVID has kind of been like, especially in the church, like trying to navigate, you know, through very foggy or in other words, uncertain time where you can't see, you know, even 10 feet ahead of you. Sure. Yeah. And so, however, the, the key point that I'm getting at is when I was driving in that fog, even though I couldn't necessarily see the road that was in you know 10 feet in front of me i had to slow down put on my hazard lights right slow down not drive as crazy take the turns a little bit slower take you know use the right equipment but the the ultimate vision of my final destination never changed right maybe i had to take an alternate route maybe i had to slow down a little bit but the vision of where we were going didn't change just because my immediate surroundings was obscured 
And so I think that's important when you're, when you're leading people, you have to have a vision and your vision has to remain clear. The ultimate goal, the ultimate destination has to remain clear, but leading through times of uncertainty, sometimes you're going to have to slow down. Sometimes you're going to have to, you know, can't be a hundred miles an hour all the time. That's right. You have to, you know, adapt. We're using this word a lot, adaptation to your surroundings. Absolutely. Yeah. Adapt and overcome is, Mm. is a concept that as a leader, heard that a lot growing up (laughs) that was from the military. Yeah. Military home. Yeah. Adapt and overcome as a leader. That's something that you're always telling yourself Mm -hmm. or you can always tell yourself and you can never go wrong with that. It doesn't mean adapt and overcome, um, adapt and bail on a plan, but you have to have the ability to do that. Mm -hmm. You're always searching. Is this the best route? Yes, this is the best route. Yeah. Always be willing to overcome something, any objection that comes up along the way. Mm -hmm. And I'll, I'll, I'll finish my thought on this with this last point here, because again, the principle is that a leader's focus must be with the future in mind. Let me just say this as a leader, there is a, there's a key balance that you must have to have vision and to envision the future, but to know what to do in the present. Mm-hmm. Because I've seen some leaders that are so oh, oh, uh, enthusiastic about the future that they're not taking the steps they need to in the yeah. present to make that future become a reality. Yeah. You know, I heard one guy, somebody say it like this, a vision that never turns into a reality was just a daydream or a pipe dream. Mm-hmm. You know, and so as leaders, we have to, okay, here's the vision. Here's where I'm going. Now, what am I doing right now with my team to make it happen? To make sure that we're all still intact so we can be there to see the end goal Mm -hmm. come to fruition. All right. So these are the five principles that we wanted to cover with you today. Credibility is the foundation of leadership. Value drives commitment. The greatest leaders are the greatest learners. You cannot lead alone. You cannot do it by yourself. And a leader's focus must be with the future in the mind. A leader must have vision. You must have vision. You must have vision. That's right. So I think it's safe to say the world's changing. Yes. People are changing. We're having to adapt some of our methods. But the principles that we talked about today. Yeah, these are core principles. that Core principles. that These are the values of being a leader. These do mm-hmm. not change. This is what, this is who we are as a leader. Mm -hmm. and um, these values don't change. So get a hold of these values and don't let them go. Yeah, it'll it'll help you in your leadership in times that are uncertain, in times that are changing, to take ownership of these values and these principles, and it'll make you a better leader. Well, that wraps up today's episode. Once again, thank you guys for listening. We do appreciate all the feedback from you guys. It's certainly a joy on our Instagram whenever you guys get on there and, and submit your code words. Um, that came out and we just had our newest code word winner. Mm-hmm. Um, so go on our Congrats. Instagram page yeah. and check it out. And if you are new to the, um, channel episodes, whatever we call ourselves to the podcast, <laughs> how you doing? <laughs> if you're new, what you can do to make sure that you get, um, a part of the code word is you go to our Instagram page and, um, listen to each episode as it comes out and then submit uh, the code word to our DMS and then you can win a merch bundle, but go to our Instagram page. Gabe, tell them our Instagram page. Our Instagram is at the leader huddle. Gabe, tell them our website. 
TheLeaderHuddle.com. Very, very similar. Sim- similar and simple. And today's code word is vision. Vision. You got to have it. Vision. Got to have so it. So send us that code word and uh, you'll be entered to win. All right. Thank you guys once again. I look forward to being with you next Friday. Yeah, we have, an, we have a great episode lined up with a great friend of ours. Should we tease it? Yeah. Let's do it. Let's name drop. Brother Frankie, Frankie Taylor. Taylor. He's coming on the Leader Huddle podcast. You do not want to miss it. It's going to be That's an it. awesome episode. All right. This is Leader Huddle. Out. <laughs>